1: On mission. If you have a Bible, turn to Nehemiah chapter 6. Yes, we get loud when we open up the word. We welcome those that are watching online, watching on TV, all over the world. Can we give them a big hand clap, those that are watching? Welcome to victory. Nehemiah chapter 6. And here's the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a cupbearer. He was an ordinary guy. He was a Jewish man, a prisoner of war, living in the Persian Empire. Nehemiah had uh, really a lot of great things going for him. Even though he was a prisoner of war, he lived in a palace. He served King Artaxerxes during this time. It was about 440 BC. And so here he is, he finds out that Jerusalem is in ruins, that the people have lost all hope. Uh, the enemies have been coming in on Israel and especially in Jerusalem, their capital city, and just plundering the people. And so when Nehemiah hears about it, his heart breaks for these people. He goes to the king. He says, King, I've got to do something about this. Not on my watch. I got to help my people. They're really going through some major trouble. And so he got permission, he travels 800 miles from the Persian Empire to Jerusalem. When he gets there, he finds out that the main thing is this wall and these gates and this city that's been burned down. It's in rubbles, and the people have, have just given up hope. They've decided, we can't build this. We can't rebuild this. We can't restore it. So Nehemiah rallies the people. He says, listen, we can do this together. We can get united. We can build this wall. We can build up the city. We can restore its glory, and we can make it even stronger than it was before. So he starts getting the people working and as soon as he gets on mission the opposition shows up and there's these people that just don't like what nehemiah is doing in fact there's these people that are friends with people in jerusalem that don't even realize the people of jerusalem have no clue that these guys on the outside of the wall they've been profiting off of the poverty of the israelites So they have this kind of thing going, as long as Israel stays impoverished, as long as their walls are unbuilt, we can keep on making a profit off these people. So they're kind of mad that Nehemiah is coming in, he's taking back territory, he's rebuilding this wall, he's rebuilding this city's glory, he's getting the people's morale high. And so they start trying to attack them left and right. And last week, we talked about how the trumpet was a sound to worship. How many of y'all were here last week for the trumpet blast, come on. That was fun, that was, Awesome, if you missed it, go online, watch it. It's free, it's on YouTube, it's on the app. But this week's a little bit different. This week is a little more focused because even though we left off, these people kept attacking Nehemiah, they blew the trumpet, they kept working on the wall, they stayed focused, we're about to see something that's very important in chapter six, verse one. Now it happened that our enemies, Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies, They heard that we had finally almost rebuilt the wall, that there were no more gaps left. There was no breach left in the wall. And although at that time we did still have left the final touches, the doors and the gates, this was the final moment. They were so close to finishing this project. And I would say to some of you today and some that are watching on TV, you are this close to your breakthrough. You are so close to the miracle in your marriage. You are so close to seeing your business start to turn around, to see your finances. You are this close to paying off all your debt. Don't throw in the towel, right? When you get this close to the finish line, all hell is gonna try to break loose. And this is kind of one of those messages like, oh no, I'm gonna take a bathroom break. I don't wanna hear that. But I'm telling you, if the opposition is getting fiercer, it's because you're so close to the breakthrough. You are so close to the finish line. Everybody say fourth quarter. quarter. Come on, when I played football and we got to the fourth quarter, all of our guys on the sidelines, because I was on the sidelines, I didn't get to play much, I was third string quarterback. Come on, JV starter as a senior, what's up? I'm just kidding. (laughs) But we would lift up our hands and we would say fourth quarter. And that was a sign that we're gonna finish strong, that we're gonna get. We're gonna leave it all out on the field. And can I say right now, even in this time in our year, we are in the fourth quarter. You started out January with some goals. You started out on a wall you were trying to build in your family, in your house, in your marriage, in your finances. You've been trying your best, but maybe you're tired. Maybe you feel like you've been opposed, afflicted, conflicted, tormented, disturbed. The enemy's been trying to stop you and weigh you down and stop you from reading your Bible. Here we are, there's three months left In 2017. How many of y'all think this is a time to finish strong? All right, everybody say "Finish finish strong. So they come at Nehemiah and they find out they're in, this is his fourth quarter. This is the final scene in verse two. It says, so they came to me and they sent a message to me. They sent a little letter to Nehemiah. So someone comes and rattles Nehemiah's ladder and says, listen, there's an anonymous letter that's been sent to you, man. We love anonymous letters at church. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all just love those anonymous letters? You like to send them. God bless you. <laughs> they say, "Hey, listen, Nehemiah. There's some people that want to meet with you, and they they say this right here. Come, let's meet together at Shepham in the plain of Oh No, No No to the Oh No. Everybody say No No to the Oh No." Say, oh, no to the oh, no. no. Some of us got to learn how to say no, no to the oh, no's. (laughs) This plane of oh, no was a distraction from Nehemiah's focus. And there's a lot of plane of oh, no's that are coming your way. For some of you married people, there's a plane of oh, no, that's saying, come on, just come over here. They don't have to know about it. Just keep it a secret. There's a single in the room, and there's a couple of plain of oh no's that are just calling your name. Let's get together. Come on, let's do what we know we shouldn't do, but we don't have to worry about it. We'll just repent on Sunday and keep doing it on Friday night. And everybody's saying no, no to the oh no. There's some things, you know what they are. Maybe it's a bottle, maybe it's a habit, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a prescribed drug that used to be something you used when you had pain, but now you use it all the time and you you keep going to more doctors to get that same. There's things that are trying to distract you from your destiny, to distract you from your focus. And Nehemiah knew this thing was just a distraction, And he said, I knew that they weren't wanting to meet with me. They weren't trying to have coffee with me. They weren't trying to have lunch with me. It wasn't like, hey, let's hang out. Let's go to the plane of Ono and play some golf. No, they wanted to kill me. They wanted to kill me. And there's certain things out there that are distracting you that if you go towards those things, they may not kill you, but they might kill your marriage. They may not ruin your life, but they might ruin your health. Maybe the plane of Oh No for someone is the box of donuts at Daylight Donuts that's just calling your name. But you made a commitment, I'm gonna get healthy, I'm gonna get strong, and you're going, no, Paul, bring back the trumpets. I like the feel-good sermon. If I only preach feel-good sermons every week, I wouldn't be a good pastor to you. I gotta give you the tough stuff sometimes. I gotta tell it like it is. There's something that's trying to distract you from your purpose. You say, well, what does health have to do with church? Come on, Paul, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your health has everything to do with your spiritual life. In fact, just in the last service, I was talking to an elderly couple, and the husband, in the last five months, has lost 70 pounds, and his wife has lost 30 pounds, all because they took a principle from the Word of God, they put a scripture up in their house, and they focused, everybody say, focus, they focused on that one thing, we're gonna get healthy this year and we're gonna hold each other accountable and we're gonna change the diet. We're not just gonna pray that God helps us lose weight. We're gonna get in partnership with God and not expect him to just cut the pounds off magically. If, it was, if there was a magic button to finish some of the things you need to finish, you would have finished him a long time ago. There's not a magic button. You gotta stay on the wall. Nehemiah knew there's just some things that aren't going to distract me from focusing on the main thing. Things. So they kept coming to him. They said, listen, Nehemiah, come on down here. Come on down here. And look, this is the scripture I wanna highlight today. Verse three, so I sent a text message back to them. <laughs> I, I left a comment on their Facebook wall. Come on, I, I slid a DM to them on Instagram. I, le- I let them know where I stood. And I want you to say it with me. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Say it again, I am doing a great work and I cannot come. You need to say it with an attitude. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. You need to tell it to the donuts this week. I am doing a great work and I cannot come. You need to tell it to that person who's trying to distract you from your spouse. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. What is that thing that God's called you to focus on this year? What is your wall? If you're taking notes, the title of the message today is The Weapon of Focus. The Weapon of Focus. Focus is a weapon. It can be used for good or for evil. If you study the historical uh, leaders and stories in the Bible, nothing was done without someone who lived with an extreme focus. Focus is a weapon. And if you were to look even just to the story of Hitler, I mean Hitler started with just that simple, Focus to spread fascism across Germany, and then from Germany to Austria and Poland, and and then across Eastern Europe. It was a focus, and that focus was a weapon for evil, right? But in the same way, focus can become a weapon for good. Jesus had a focus. I must be about my father's business. I don't care what the religious people say. I don't care what the Pharisees say. Nail me to the cross. I'm staying focused on my mission. Everybody say, on mission. What is the mission you need to be focused on these last few months of 2017? What's the one thing that if you were to knock that one thing out, you'd be a better person? You'd be, you'd be walking in the plan God has for you. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a relational thing. Maybe it's a habit that you need to break. Maybe it's smoking cigarettes. Maybe it's drinking too much alcohol. Maybe it's a habit of an internet addiction. Maybe it's a habit um, that your family has already told you about. They've already said, listen, this is not good. Like this is hurting your health. This is hurting our family. It's affecting everything. You're you're not the same when you're uh, going back to that bad habit. Maybe, maybe it's not something negative. Maybe it's something positive. Maybe it's a goal that you must accomplish. There's one thing. Nehemiah knew what the goal was. It was to rebuild Jerusalem. It was that, that was his goal. And when you have like 10 goals, it's kinda hard to accomplish them. But when you can focus on one. Imagine with me today, if you had a bow and an arrow. And if you were here last week and you saw AJ with his bow Master and arrow. let wait, 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 let's roll. This bro! is urgent, okay? This is really important, all right? Listen, a light bulb I'm, I'm preaching right now. What no, no, are no, no, you no, doing? No, 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 listen. A light bulb went out in the Victory Kids Chapel and they need you to replace it. Otherwise, the service will be unlit. Right now? Yes, right now. You're the only person that can change the light bulb. I am preaching in the 11 a.m. service. No, but you're the only one. I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down.
0: Pastor Paul, it's urgent. There's a man in the bookstore, and he will only buy the book if you sell it to him. Right now? Right now. He wants to buy it right now.
1: It's an emergency. It's an emergency. He can't buy it from our manager.
0: No, only from you.
1: I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Pastor Paul, a tree fell
0: outside and you have to come cut it or come chop it up immediately. It's urgent.
1: I have to cut the tree down, right? The tree said to come get you. You need to be delivered, dude. (laughs) Trees don't talk. I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down.
0: Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul, there's this man in the cafe
1: that needs you to
0: cut his hair because he just loves your haircut. So what better man to do the Pastor Paul haircut than Pastor Paul
1: himself? I'm flattered. Listen, I'm not a hairdresser. I cannot. I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Hey, Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul, the church needs to make a really important decision today. Like right now? Right now. We got to go right now. How important is it? It's super urgent we got to go what's the decision we got to decide between pepperoni and sausage pizza for tonight <laughs> i'm doing a great work please come on please come down please come down please come down they just won't please go away down. please come down i'm doing down. a great work and i cannot come down give these guys a big hand over here How many of y'all can relate that there's distractions in your life on the daily basis? How many of y'all say it's not just daily, it's hourly, right? Every single hour that you're awake, there's distractions from your mission. It happens all the time for me, whether it's pizza sauce that falls on my jeans when I'm driving on the highway and I'm trying to eat a slice of pizza, or whether it's you know something that's happening while I'm trying to preach and there's babies screaming and you know, all kinds of stuff going on. But for me, this last week, it happened multiple times. And uh, maybe it did for you too. How many of y'all feel like in the last week there's been some distractions that have tried to pull you off focus? In fact, for me, it was on Monday. There was, there was something on Facebook that just was a distraction, it was a discouragement. And I had to remind myself I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Then Tuesday night, here I am, I'm out with my kids, I took Liam and Benaya on kind of a daddy-son date night, and uh, so they wanted to go to this trampoline house, Sky Zone. So I take them to Sky Zone, we're jumping on trampolines, then afterwards they want a pizza, so we went to CC's Pizza, man, $2.99 buffet, rolling on a budget, come on, CC's. So I'm sitting in CC's, there's me, Liam, Beniah, we're eating pizza, and all of a sudden my phone starts lighting up. And it's like news notifications, right? And so I you know, look at something about you know, Puerto Rico, something about the White House, something. Then there's another newsfica- news notification about you know, uh, uh, North Korea. And So I'm like, well, this is interesting. This is kind of important. Maybe this is urgent right now. And so I start reading the news stories. Next thing I know, I'm in my email. I haven't checked my emails in the last four hours, so I gotta check my emails. Next thing, I'm on Instagram. I'm looking on Instagram. And after 15 minutes, I've gone down this spiral of distraction. And all the while, my son next to me has taken his shirt off. My other son has <laughs> taken his shorts off. They're like naked in CC's, right? And they're rubbing pizza sauce across their chest and their face. They're just all boy, right? And by this time, I'm, I'm so glued on my distraction right here, my son is tapping my leg. Daddy, 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 look, 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 look look, look, daddy, 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 me, 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 look at me, look at me, Daddy, 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 look. Look, look, daddy, look, look at, look, look look. And then finally he grabs my face and squeezes my cheeks and, and he pulls my face up to his face. This is Liam. he's almost four, and he goes, "Daddy, look at me." And I was like, "Hey, <laughs> He was thankful to finally have my attention. And he said, look what I found. And he pulled out a penny. (laughs) And I said, that's awesome, Liam. (laughs) But I felt this conviction in my heart. Because the things on my phone, Liam probably thought they were really important. He probably thought, Daddy must be taking care of some major urgent emergencies to not be focusing on us on Daddy's sun night. But it really wasn't an urgent, important thing for me to be looking at? And I think some of us in this room can relate. Maybe you're on a date night. Maybe you're with your family. Maybe you're sitting at the lunch table and maybe you just keep going back to that phone. You keep looking at those distractions. And I'm not saying that we can't check our phone, but what if we put it down during that moment where we're supposed to focus on something that's important? You know what, I had to look at my sons that night and the rest of the night, thank God, I was able to put my phone down and be present. And when I was tucking Liam in his bed, I had been thinking about this passage because I knew I was gonna preach on it this week. And I just thought, I'm doing a great work, Liam. I'm doing a great work with you. And I cannot come down. Some of you need to look at your kids tonight when you're tucking them in bed. And you need to kiss them because they're still in your house. Maybe they don't want you to kiss them. So just kind of do an awkward hug or whatever. Or if they walk out of the room, just walk by their bedroom tonight and say, I'm doing a great work with this one and I'm not coming down. I'm doing a great work with these toddlers and I'm not coming down. I'm doing a great work at my house and I'm not, let's say that together. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. What is it that you need to think about right now that you need to focus on? What is your wall? For Nehemiah, he knew what his wall was. He knew what he was supposed to focus on. And guess what? The distractions kept coming. In verse four, even after he had already given them his response, it says they came back four times in a row. Just like you saw in this illustration, they kept saying, please come down, please come down, please come down, it's important, it's urgent, it's important, it's an emergency. And I answered them in the same way, Nehemiah said. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. What's that thing you need to focus on? And you might say, well, Paul, what's it gonna do if I focus on it? Like, how important is it? I'm telling you, it's a matter of life or death for some of you. I'm telling you, it's a matter of your marriage staying intact or it falling apart for some of you. I'm telling you that some of you in this room, you have a goal, a dream from God. If you don't do it, God will find someone else to make it happen. But God has put it in your heart. And I was thinking about this, the bow and the arrow. If you had one arrow and you were trying to hit eight targets all at the same time, you wouldn't hit any targets. But you can hit one target. At a time. You can focus on the bullseye of that one target. And when you're finished with that, then you can take the arrow out and focus on the next one, but you've got to focus one at a time. You know, even restaurants, they they have they have this focus. I think about one of my favorite restaurants, In N Out Burger. And, and the menu says it's as easy as one, two, three. There's three things on the menu. Number one, the double-double with fries and a drink. Number two, the cheeseburger with fries and a drink. And number three, the hamburger with fries and a drink. There's nothing else on the menu except for a chocolate shake, vanilla shake, and strawberry shake. That's all there is. And I can imagine that couple that started In-N-Out Burger. By the way, they're a Christian couple and they put scriptures underneath the cups. I'm believing for In-N-Out to come to Tulsa. But listen, listen. I can imagine some, some of their friends, some of their coworkers saying, come on, let's add fish tacos to the menu. I mean, you know, look, yeah, these places are doing, let's add the chicken biscuit to the menu. No. We're focused on what we do best. We're focused on these three things. Come on, let's put some fried onion rings on the menu. See, this is what happens in our life. When we start trying to add so many things, some of us need to stop praying about what to add to our lives and start praying about what we need to cut out from our lives, because it's stealing focus from the main thing that you need to be focused on. Come on, Chick-fil-A. There's another example right there. Some of y'all are like, "Mm, that sounds good. Sorry, it's closed today. Everybody say, focus is a weapon. weapon. They're focused on Sunday being in church. I'm telling you, when you start focusing on the right things, God starts blessing your business. He starts blessing your marriage. He starts blessing your family. What are you going to focus on? I was talking to a pastor friend who said they cut something from their church years ago, and when they cut it, it really frustrated some people in the church, and it had nothing to do with the gospel. It was some fun little side thing that was costing their church more than a million dollars a year to keep going, and they decided to cut it because it wasn't part of the focus. They said, this is not our focus. And you know what? Now they're reaching more people for Jesus. They're leading more people to Christ. More people are getting water baptized. More children are coming in. Yeah, come on. We can praise God when we make the decision to say no to the wrong things so we can say yes to the right things. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. When I, start, when I got married to Ashley, I remember there were some close friends and sometimes you gotta say no to the good things so you can say yes to the best thing. There were some close friends that didn't understand. I was now spending more time with my wife. Hey, come on, Paul, come on, come on, come on, let's go hang out, let's go do this, let's go do what we used to do. As much as we used to do it, I can't do it as much as I used to do it because now I'm married. Then when I had kids, things changed even more. Now I gotta spend time with those kids. How many of y'all think it's important to raise your kids while they're in your house? Right, especially when they're toddlers. How many of y'all would like your pastor to have a good relationship with his family so they don't have to go to therapy sessions when they're 21 years old, trying to figure out where was daddy when we needed him most? Oh, he was at the church taking care of everybody else except for his own children. (laughs) Guys, this is important to me. I gotta focus on what really matters, and you do too. You do too. Which means you've got to say no to some things that might be good things. John Bevere says there's a difference between the good things and the God things. Good ideas and God ideas. How many ministries, how many businesses have gotten excited about a good idea? And they started just going after all these good ideas and they lost focus of the God idea. Yeah, we should start that. We should do that. We should hire them. We should spend that money there. And then we get a mile wide and an inch deep. And I wonder if in your life you're a mile wide and you're an inch deep with God. And man, I know, listen, this is not a fun sermon to hear. I know some people are just like, I got to take a bathroom break. I'm getting out of here. I want the trumpets. Bring the trumpets back. The trumpets were fun, man. You had the quiver in your liver. You were so excited. You were like, let's do this. And now I'm kind of bringing it home to you. What do you need to focus on? What do you need to focus on? By the way, they kept coming. They couldn't, none of their tactics were working. In verse four, he kept saying, no, no. They were like, come on, your people call my people. Let's set something up. Nehemiah said, no, I'm focused, I'm focused, I'm focused. Then verse five, they start spreading rumors about Nehemiah. Rumor has it, Nehemiah is trying to build his own thing, another anonymous letter, and they read it to the whole group of the people. They said, guess what, Nehemiah, he doesn't care about you, he just cares about himself. He's building his own empire. He's gonna name himself king. We know Nehemiah's heart and motives. Oh man, don't you love it when people just know your motives? They figured you out. They know what's really inside your heart. And you know the sad thing in our society is we often believe the first report. We don't give people the benefit of the doubt. What if we stepped back and said, you know what? I'm gonna give some people the benefit of the doubt. I'm not gonna believe the first accusation I hear about someone. Don't believe all the news that spreads sometimes about every single thing out there. Half the time, it's, it's not even giving you even 25% of the actual truth. But Nehemiah, he wasn't distracted. He didn't come down from his ladder and go on Twitter to try and defend himself to all the haters out there and all the trolls. He just stayed focused on his wall kind of shook his head. He said, man, some people just can't stand my progress. I'm gonna keep on working. I'm gonna keep working on the mission God called me to work on. He never came down. And because he never came down, he finished the wall in record time. He finished his mission. What is your mission? By the way, when Nehemiah was working on it, he said, after they tried to accuse me and make up slanderous accusations about me to try and pull me down from my mission, I prayed to God because I was tired. Anyone ever been tired, distracted by tiredness, weariness, I've been there before? Just tired. He said, I was tired, so I prayed to God. Oh Lord, verse nine, oh Lord, strengthen my feeble hands. Strengthen my focus. Say that with me, strengthen my focus. Strengthen my hands, God. Yeah, some of y'all need to get a stronger grip on the thing you need to focus on, your marriage, your health, Your finances, that relationship in your family, that addiction you need to break by the end of this year. I declare by December 31st, you are done with that addiction. You are done with that bad habit. Whatever it is that's been lingering in your house, you're going to be done with it in Jesus name. But here's how, not just through asking God to do it all by himself, but you taking partnership and saying, I'm going to make some practical changes in my life. I'm gonna get rid of some pills that are sitting around in my house. I'm gonna empty out some bottles. I'm gonna throw the, the thing, whatever it is, I'm gonna throw it away. I'm gonna burn it up. I'm gonna make some very focused decisions in my life so that I can be the best me that God has called me to be. Now look at this, I'm almost done. Gets to verse 10 and they still won't give up. They know Nehemiah's about to finish. So now they hire one of Nehemiah's close friends, Shemiah. They say, Shemaiah, tell Nehemiah that there's people in the city that wanna kill him so he needs to run into the temple and grab the horns of the altar, and if he does that, he'll be safe, but we know we're gonna be hanging out in the temple. We're gonna take him out inside there. Isn't it crazy that people wanted to take Nehemiah out in his own church? Nehemiah said, no, 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 no. I'm focused on my mission. I'm focused, on, and what you're saying isn't even true. So I'm focused on my, I'm doing a great work, say I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. And so we get to verse 15. This is exciting. He says, then finally, the wall was finished. The mission was complete on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. That is miraculous. If you're looking for spectacular in the book of Nehemiah, you're going to miss the supernatural because there are no blind eyes open or dead people raised back to life, but what happens is these ordinary people, unskilled worksmen, they get together, they get united and in 52 days, they take rubble, ruins that had been sitting there for 100 years and they rebuild these walls to be glorious. The city of Jerusalem was beautiful because they stayed on mission. And so then we get to verse 16 and it says, when our enemies heard about this great work. And when all the nations surrounding Israel heard and saw what we had done, this is beautiful, this is amazing. God was shining the light on Israel, and He's shining the light on Israel again. They lost their confidence. The devil is about to lose his stronghold in your house. The devil's about to lose his power over your mind, over your marriage, over your family, over your purity, over those areas in your life where he's been wreaking havoc because you're getting focused. The devil's about to lose his grip on you because you're getting a grip on God. You're getting a grip on God's mission for your life. It says they lost their confidence for they recognized this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. When you get involved in God's mission, when you get focused, there is the greater the focus, the greater the impact. The greater the focus, the greater the impact. When you focus on God's mission for your life, God gets involved in your mission. When you get focused on God's mission, God gets involved in your mission. He helps you to accelerate the completion of it. So what is it for you? What is it for you? And how are you going to walk it out? I want to give you real quickly four things that will help you as a focused person, a focused Christian, how to finish the thing that you need to finish, the thing that you need to accomplish this year, by the end of this year. And so number one, you need to have a compelling purpose. Focused people, they have a compelling purpose. Focused Christians, they have a compelling, there's something worth focusing on, is the thing that you're focusing on. By the way, all of us in this room are focusing on something question is, is the thing you're focused on benefiting your life or is it subtracting from the things that are most important? You might, be, you, you may not even realize that. I was talking to a guy who said, when I came across this scripture and I started applying it in my life, I tallied up how much time I spent playing golf and how much money I spent on playing golf. I didn't even realize I was so focused on golf. I had spent so much energy, so much attention, so much money, And he said, no wonder there was a few things in my life that were suffering that that had really taken a lower seat on the priority list because golf was in that number one spot. He said, instead of cutting golf out completely, what I did is I just moved it down the list. I decided I'm going to spend this less amount of money, this less amount of attention so I can spend more time with my family, more focus on my children. Something changed in that guy's life. He said, I got a better marriage. I got a better family because I reprioritized. I refocused on the things that were most important. So what is it for you? Number one, a compelling purpose. What is that purpose that's going to bring glory to God, that's going to make you a better Christian? And it may not even be something spiritual. It may not even be reading your Bible more. It just may mean it's, it's to lose a certain amount of weight, to get healthier, to change your diet. You know what, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That is spiritual. That does affect your spiritual life. So that might be it. Number two, they have a clear perspective. Focused Christians have a clear perspective. So nothing can distract them. Nothing can shake them off focus. Come fear, come accusations, come discouragement, come hell or high water, I am focused on my mission. There's a clear perspective. Proverbs chapter four says, look neither to the left nor to the right. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Just lift up your hands like this. Just cut out everything in the peripheral. Everybody say, stay focused. Stay focused. Focus is a weapon. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. In one of the last services, I had everybody do this, and this little boy shouted, but I can't see anything on my sides. (laughs) That's the point, to look straight ahead. (laughs) Look straight ahead. There's some sideshow distractions that are trying to pull you off focus. It could be discouragement from something on Facebook. It could just be a lack of progress. Maybe you're watching other people uh, accomplish their dreams, and they're getting to do things that you want to do, and they're going on vacations you want to go on, and they're getting married and having kids and making lots of money, and you're over here, and you're interning, and you're giving your best to this internship, and you're like, man, I wish I was doing what they were doing. Stay focused. There's a reason why you are where you are. God is wanting to do something that's so powerful. That is your wall. Don't you come down from it. Don't you get distracted. Don't compare yourself to other people. What you're doing is important. Stay at home moms, businessmen, whatever it is, there's something you gotta focus on. They have a clear perspective. Number three, a continual prayer. You know what helps me stay focused? It's my prayer life. I just pray. I pray in the spirit and I pray in my known tongue, I pray in English. And that continual prayer for Nehemiah, that continual prayer kept him focused. As soon as the distractors came, he said, oh God, strengthen my focus, strengthen my hands. Let me finish this work, fourth quarter, I'm going to finish strong. Some of us in this room, we've stopped praying like we used to pray. When you find yourself feeling distracted, discouraged, afflicted, confused, disturbed, troubled, not sure what to focus on, pray. In Jesus' name. We talked about this last week. Prayer, it's your sword right? So you're building and you're battling. You're doing the practical things. You're focusing on what you need to focus on, but you're praying in the spirit. You're praying. You're coming to church. You're worshiping. You're using your sword, your Bible. You're meditating on God's word. You're declaring it. You're writing it on the mirror. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work. My mind is the mind of Christ. I take captive every thought that's not of you, but Lord, I'm going to work on these things practically that I need to work on. I'm going to get rid of some stuff in the house I need to get rid of. I'm going to be home more. I'm going to do the things I need to do. Building and I'm battling it was a continual prayer. And the number four, last point right here: a courageous persistence. A courageous persistence. No matter what's coming against you, persist, persevere, push through, take courage. What you're focused on, it is gonna be powerful. So, what's that thing for you? I want to put that list up one more time. Maybe it is one of these things. Maybe it's not on this list, on this slide. Maybe you know what it is. Where's the married people in the room? If you're married, would you raise your hand? Even if your spouse isn't here, awesome. I would like to say that even if your marriage is great right now, that is still something to focus on. Don't come down from that wall. But if you'd say, honestly, Paul, it's not great right now. It needs some help. We need to get some fire back in the house. We need to get the intimacy back we need to get some we need more communication we need to listen to each other more we need to pay attention to each other more what's that one thing that's in the house it's right there with you you your spouse your kids and then there's that thing that thing if that thing was removed from your house everything would be better everything would get stronger or if that thing was just less of a focus if that thing just took a back seat so that the right thing could take the front seat And then what's that goal? What's that project you gotta complete? It's in the backyard, it's been left unfinished. Maybe it's school. Maybe you started school and then you quit. You said, I'm not going back, I can't do that. But what if God's stirring in your heart right now, finish it, finish it, go back and finish. Go back and, but it's gonna be embarrassing, finish it. Maybe you're here today and you say, honestly, Paul, there's a relationship I need to work on. There's someone in my family, we've been at odds, we need to focus on that. Or maybe there's a relationship you need to cut off. It could be that that person's a good person, you're a good person, but when the two of you get together, it's a bad thing. All you do is gossip, 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 and more gossip. And you know, man, that when the two of us get together, it just never, we don't talk well of other people. Or when I get together with these people, all we do is cuss and we just put each other down and we're so sarcastic and it makes me a worse person when I go back to the people I need to be nice to. Maybe there's someone you need to cut a relationship off and just lovingly say, I love you but I gotta stay focused on who God's called me to focus on, on what God's called me to focus on. Maybe you're here today and you've moved in with someone that you're not married to and there's been a relationship there and you've crossed boundaries and you say, Paul, I think it's okay, we're in the 21st century, but listen, I care too much about you. I love you as your pastor. And I'm asking you, what if you said, you know what, until we tie the knot, until we say I do, let's move out from each other's houses. I'm gonna move in with mom and dad. Might be a little embarrassing. They might be happy that I'm doing it. They might be mad that I'm doing it. But what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna find a mama to move. I'm gonna move in with, some, I'm gonna wait until we say I do. What's the relationship that needs some actual practical steps today that you say, I need to focus on this one thing. I need to get this one thing right before 2017 is over. Maybe it's a debt, maybe it's something financially. Whatever it is, as your pastor, I love you so much. I wanna see you win. I wanna see you succeed. I wanna see you come up to me three months from now and say, Pastor, I did it. I did it, I did it, and it feels great. My body feels great, my marriage feels great, my family's great. We made a decision, we got focused, and we cut out those sideshow distractions. I'm telling you, there's a great harvest on the other side of your focus. Let me end with this last story, and then we'll dismiss, and we'll, we'll, we'll do a response time to God with our giving and with our hearts to God. I remember preaching overseas in this country, and there was people all over this street. We were in a very rural village area, and it was dirty, and, and there was, uh, you know, about 150 people out on the street. We had a portable sound box, and I'm preaching this altar call. I was like 18 years old. I'm just giving my best altar call message, and this dog comes right in front of me and the people, lifts up its leg, and marks its territory all over the altar area, and the altar area was a dirt road. The dog just won't leave. It just starts barking at me as I'm, as I'm preaching, but I just stayed focused. I just looked at this little boy. I just looked in his eyes. This little young boy, probably 10, 11 years old, I just kept preaching to him. The dogs, you know, barking at me. There was moms all around that area in that specific village. Um, they, you know, nursed their babies just out there. And so it was all over on the left and the right. It was just, you know what I'm talking about. It's just, everybody say, stay focused. All right. So I'm focusing on this boy. and I'm trying not to look anywhere else. Then this storefront right behind me is blasting this song. And it was an American song from some famous artist. And it was just loud. It was like he wanted to turn me down and turn his music up. And so we got our sound booth as high up as we can and his music's blasting. But I just focused on that little boy. By the end of my 15-minute message altar call, I said, who wants to give their life to Jesus? That little boy raised his hand. And he prayed the prayer with me, and afterwards, yeah, isn't that awesome? That boy gave his life to Jesus in the midst of all that. Afterwards he came up to me and he said, there was an interpreter there, and he was interpreting what the little boy said, the reason why I raised my hand at the end was because when that dog came and peed right in front of you, you didn't get distracted. You kept your eyes right on me. And then when there was all these other things going on and babies crying, we love babies crying in church. Me and Ashley, we got babies crying in church all the time, right, with our little boys crying. So there's all these things going on, but he said, you focused on me. You didn't quit, you didn't stop. He said, that said to me that what you had to say was very important to you, so it must be very important to me. That's why I accepted what you were offering today. Can I tell you, your focus is a weapon When you start to focus in on that thing you need to focus in on, you're going to see a greater harvest in those areas in your life you've been believing for. Now, here's what I want us to do. I want us just to close our eyes right now. No one moving, no one getting up, but just close your eyes in your seat right now. Ask God, God, what do you want me to focus on right now? What is that thing? What's the priority that I need to move up on the list and say that needs to become a greater focus for me? this month, in October, November, December, whenever you're watching this, that this is gonna become a greater focus. I'm gonna finish this thing. I'm gonna get rid of this bad habit. I'm gonna spend more time in my Bible. I'm gonna spend more time in prayer. I'm gonna get healthier, whatever it is. And then just talk to God for a moment. Say, God, help me to not get distracted. Help me to keep that focus that I'm doing a great work and I cannot come. Praise God. Praise God. I can tell God's doing something right now in this room, right where you're sitting. God loves you so much. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to open up to God today. How many would say God's been good to you in your life? At some point in your life, God was good to you? How many would say God is still good to you? no matter what you face, God's been good. Even in the last year, even through the bruises, the battles, the the blessings, God's been good to you in the middle of all of it. I want us today to overflow with a generous response to God. We're gonna do our tithes and offerings to God today, but here's what I want us to do. If you decided today, you know what, I'm not gonna give to God, or you decided today, I am gonna give to God, Whether you fall in one of those categories or another, I'm asking you to take an envelope, we're gonna pass envelopes down the row and write down that one thing. I wanna hear from you today. Write down that one thing you're believing God to see victory by the end of this year. Everybody take an envelope and write to me today. I wanna hear as your pastor, what's that one thing you're gonna focus on this year that God's stirring in your heart? Maybe it's two things, maybe it's three things, and then write down that prayer, that prayer. Lord, I'm choosing today to focus on this, to get stronger in this area. And if you're watching online, you can do it right online there's a link to do it or you can uh, do it over text message if you want or email us if you want but we want to hear from you I want you to talk to God today about that thing and as you're praying about what to give today maybe God has spoken to you something by the end of this year there's a certain amount of money that you're believing God to be able to sow into the kingdom of God Maybe you say, you know what, by December 31st, I wanna give more than I've ever given to God. Or maybe there's a certain amount you're believing God for in your house. We're believing to have this much money in our house so that we can be a greater blessing to the people around us so that we can help more people. I wanna be this by the end of this year. As I start 2018, I wanna come in with a running start into that year. Whatever it is, let's write it down. It's fourth quarter, let's finish strong today. And just a reminder, as you're filling out those envelopes, you're watching online, you might be saying, you know, Paul, what is Victory up to these days? What are they giving towards as a ministry? We have been very involved in the hurricane relief work. We've given thousands, tens and tens and thousands of dollars towards Texas and Florida and now Puerto Rico. We're helping the people there that have been affected by the hurricanes. Because of your generosity, we've been able to send truckloads of so many uh, things that are helpful to these churches and people and non-Christians and Christians that are receiving the relief effort and relief aid because of victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma, caring about those people. So great things that you've been a part of, we're continuing to do that. We're continuing to help those people that we are are called to serve in our city and beyond in our nation. In the nations of the world so as you're praying about that today as you're praying about what you want to give or praying about what you're wanting to write just think about god what is that thing lord i pray for every seed that's being sown today i thank you in this time of worship god that you're speaking to us you're showing areas where we need to realign our focus where we need to strengthen our grip on your promises where we need to strengthen our hearts our minds god on the thing you've called us to focus on i thank you that today there is now no more condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you that we're not leaving today condemned. We're leaving today encouraged and reminded and challenged to focus on what you've called us to focus on. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship as we give right out of this song. Don't leave when the bucket's passed. We're gonna have a powerful response time. Go ahead, Timmy. Call every voice we sing.
0: Jesus, have your way. Jesus, have your way. Taking up my cross Jesus have your way in me Jesus have your way Jesus have your way in me No matter what the cost Jesus have we see Jesus have your way Jesus have your way Jesus have your way in me I'm taking up my cross Jesus have your way in me. Jesus have your way. Jesus have your way in me. No matter what the cost. Jesus have your way. Can we sing Jesus? Jesus have your way. Jesus have your way in me. I'm taking up my cross. Jesus have your way. Jesus has your way, Jesus has your way.
1: Remember when Ashley was going through our Victory internship 12 years ago and she was 20 years old and God told her you stay single for the next two years I want you to focus on your walk with God and Ashley was focusing on that she was working she was going to the Bible College she was working a couple of jobs here in Tulsa she was working at you know a sandwich shop she was working at a donut shop she was going through the internship and she was being in church she was serving and I was the distraction I kept you know, coming up to her, hey, you want a date? You want to hang out? And she would say, no, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. She knew what she was supposed to focus on in that season. So when the right season came and I was the right guy, I was no longer a distraction, it was the right time. Some of you in this room that are single, maybe God's saying, focus on your relationship with God right now. Don't don't, don't, don't just go down these paths and and start dating everybody that wants to date you. Focus on some things that I want you to focus on. I don't know what it is for you, maybe a businessman in the room and every time you go to work, your boss keeps wanting to give you more opportunities, make more cash, go on more trips. You need to look at that family picture on your desk and kiss your wife and kiss your kids on that picture and say, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. I'm gonna work during the hours I've committed to work. But those extra trips and that extra cash it's just not worth me losing my family right now i got to focus on these kids i gotta focus on this woman maybe ladies married women you need to focus on your husband i don't know what you think about your husband maybe you think he's a piece of work or maybe you're just like i feel sorry for him i just gotta help him i gotta be there for him whatever you think about us but you just say i'm doing a great work and i cannot come down there's something that god's saying focus on that all over this room, if you say, you know what? I need to get refocused on some things. There's some goals I need to accomplish. There's some things before this year is out that I need to get refocused on. I want you to just leave your chair, come down to this altar right now. Join me, you're a Christian, you've been saved. Whatever it is, just come down. Single, married, couples, families, friends. Saying, let's get focused this year. Let's get focused. I'm gonna get focused. I'm gonna finish strong. I'm gonna get focused in my quiet time. I'm gonna get focused on God's Word. I'm gonna get focused on getting healthier. I'm gonna get focused on this dream. I'm gonna get focused on this mission. I'm gonna get focused on this relationship. I'm gonna get focused in my marriage. I'm going to get focused on my kids. I'm going to get focused in Jesus' name, knocking out this debt. Whatever it is, just bring it to the altar. Bring your care. Bring your prayer. Bring your mission. And say, God, I choose that I'm doing a great work and I refuse to come down. I'm going to focus on what you want me to focus on. Timmy, can we go into that chorus again? As you're coming to this altar, let's sing this together.
0: just
1: that first point that you talked about on what focused Christians do, that compelling purpose. I don't know what my compelling purpose is. I don't know what my purpose is. And we say it every week. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. We're a purposeful church, but maybe you're here today and you say, honestly, I've been confused. I've been confused about what to focus on, what is my purpose. I wanna pray for you today. Why don't you step out from your seat? Come and join us at this altar. Don't be embarrassed, don't be ashamed. If you say, I need prayer to know my purpose. I need prayer to know what to focus on. I need prayer how to prioritize what's most important. And I need to hear from God today. God wants to speak to you, he wants to give you direction. No matter what season of life you're in. Maybe you're a grandparent, maybe you're a parent, maybe you're divorced, maybe you're single, maybe you're a teenager, a college student. Whatever season of life, God's wanting to give you purpose in this season focus in this season, knowing where to spend your time, your energy, your effort, your attention, and what to say no to and who to say no to so you can say yes to the right thing and the right person. Come on, if that's you, just come down to this altar. Lord, I just pray for every person out there that's searching for purpose, searching God for that focus, trying to figure out what to focus on. I pray for clear perspective. I pray for clear thoughts. I pray for clear vision God I pray they have the mind of Christ if that's you and you've been confused just put your hands on your head on your temple on your mind say I have the mind of Christ help me Jesus to be focused on your purpose for my life confusion you gotta go. Torment, you've gotta go. I speak clarity over my thoughts, over my heart, over my direction, in Jesus' name. Now, I wanna pray today. You're here and you say, Paul, honestly, I'm not right with God. If Jesus was to come back and the signs of the times make it feel to me that he's coming back soon. If Jesus was to come back, would you honestly be able to say, i have truly surrendered to jesus christ i've truly allowed him to be lord of my life i'm right with god if you can't say that don't walk out of these doors today with condemnation walk out of these doors today with salvation say today i'm surrendering completely to jesus if that's you just raise your hand today yeah come on jesus this is your day this is your moment anybody else yeah i see another hand Any more hands, over here, yes sir, yes ma'am, yep. Over there, in the back, anyone else? Raise your hand today, you're saying, I'm walking out of these doors today with salvation, with transformation. I'm surrendering completely to Jesus. Write my name in the book of life, God, yes sir. Come on, that is powerful, that is powerful. Now I wanna invite us all to pray this prayer together. And to mean it with all our hearts. Those that raised your hands, this is your declaration. Everyone else, this is our declaration with them together. Say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I'm all yours. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, raising from the dead to give me eternal life. I confess you, Lord. My Savior. I repent of sin and I receive your forgiveness. Help me, Jesus, to focus on what you want me to focus on. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give God praise today. I love you, Victory.
0: Thank you for listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.